Hey guys, this is John and Austin and another episode of the Meatistics podcast. Episode something. Patrick probably knows. 116. So, big news, um Mark sent us the numbers the other day for the podcast congratulating us on a quarter million downloads. Yeah, that's awesome. That is pretty awesome. That is a significant amount of people. Now it's probably the same people just time and time again. Yeah, I might have wrote a program that just I'm, sits there and downloads it over and keep, over. Keep going, keep going. Um, all right, before we get into anything else, we've got two steaks in front of us. These are two versions of the steak uh, rub that I'm working on. Now, I'm used to having my side sear box with the grill grates and doing uh, strip steaks. These are not strip steaks, they are ribeyes that we've had frozen for a while. And there's quite a bit more fat on this than I'm used to. So I took an image or I took a video of what was going on on the side sear box when I got back there. And it was dramatic to say the least. <laughs> I actually videotaped flaming fat dropping down. It was like, if you imagine a medieval attack on a castle, and they would put burning stuff on <laughs> a catapult. On yeah, yeah oh, this yeah. is basically what it was. Oh. All right, but let's waste no more time getting into it. I'm We're going to eat the spinalis of it. I mean, that's not terrible. I'm going to have to. I would say. I would say it probably finished at like a hundred and thirty-two ish, something like that. Okay. So, speaking of medieval, it looks like the Black Death up there. It is quite dark. <laughs> Did I not get you? Oh, here's your fork. We're going to have to blur that out on the thumbnail. Put like a censored <coughs> bar on. <laughs> it's gross, John. I know that's not possible. First of all, char marks on steak are good. Second of all, I cook the steak. And third of all, I mean, even with the flare-ups, that is still pretty darn good cook. Oh, it's my favorite when you guys eat. <laughs> it's not for me. It's <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's I'm good. Sure people hate it. We should have cooked one control steak. Why? Just to come. I like we're comparing like two versions of your deal. It's right. A fair point. Yeah. Well, we are going to do this again with strip steaks okay. because I mean this, the amount of flame that came up on here probably cooked like off a decent portion of the seasoning by itself. Like it was flames were going quite high. Luckily I had that oversized one from uh, Louisiana grill. So I didn't burn myself. So what are we, what are we tasting? What's good? What's bad? I mean, there's nothing bad. Okay. So which is your original? <clears throat> because this definitely has a different flavor yeah, to it. This is the original. That's the original. This is the original, and that's the, the, not being able to use that one ingredient. And that one ingredient is not MSG. Just to be clear. So yeah, how 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 far are you willing to? described to people or is this still about all that under wraps far. about that far um yeah i don't want to give too much of it away um i don't want to say i'm going i want to go back to the drawing board but in my mind the difference in taste and you would also see a difference in color had it not had such dramatic cooking i guess we can say um is significant enough to the point where I'm not happy with our current replacement for that. And in the end, I don't know that there will be a anything that replaces it 
So I got to keep taking bites because I'm getting a very weird flavor note over here. Hmm. From that one specifically. Oh, yeah, it's there. It's not just one bite. Well, what is it? You think it's weird? Took too big of a bite. Okay, you're going to call me crazy, but it tastes like the golden brown to verge of getting burnt part of a s'mores. Oh. Like the marshmallow. It has... It's just the just charring a, effect? Right? Yeah. The, that, like, sweet to the charring it has that flavor to it to me because it probably caramelized mm. whatever okay, no, yeah, right yeah, I can see what you're talking about that probably is the insane furnace of the amount of uh, is that so, so that's not that. supposed to be there I mean there's not it's not due to the seasoning I'll say that like there's no sugar in the seasoning there's no nothing that would really uh, caramelize up shouldn't did you cook something on there last time that had a sweet note to it, maybe? No, not that I can think of. Certainly not on the, the side sear box. Um, oh, wait, we made s'mores this last weekend. What are we talking about? <laughs> we just didn't tell any. Oh, man. Oh, we did that. Secrets out. So do you have a, a preference? Because you have eaten a lot of the s'mores one. Yes, I need to go back to the other one. I don't know. Knowing what's in the other one, uh -huh. it partially just puts something in my mind that I'm like, hmm. That you don't like. I don't know. Okay. But it's not, I, I might say that, that the first one, your original one, is maybe better. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. I think it is. And it, it's not like cricket powder or anything like that it is way more disgusting than that. So don't think that it's just <laughs> cricket powder that we're trying to replace. Um, so yeah, okay. I will continue looking for a replacement and I will sacrifice for everybody by continuing to eat a ridiculous amount of steaks until my quarter gets Would well, you learn anything from this batch? Yeah. If I'm going to cook another one here, I need to bring my grill grates from home. Yeah, just for consistency. Getting it up enough away from the flame. And... There's just so much more fat on a ribeye. Now, as far as like flavorful goes, yes, that is more flavorful than a, a or a strip steak for sure. So I guess I take back what I said about liking strip steaks better because that is just chock full of taste. So next time when you're saying a control steak, is that with no seasoning or is that with ultimate steak ultimate and roast rub? Yeah. To be honest, I, I would be tempted to say both so we do four steaks mm -hmm. i like that because yeah it'd be interesting because i can't divulge too much i need to, i need to have like the flavor of just just a steak nothing else to it may one should one one could maybe argue that you should just use like salt and pepper on sure um yeah that would make just sense. to enhance the flavor because everyone's gonna put salt and pepper on a steak have you and ever then, cooked a steak with nothing no no never. neither have i patrick mm, no but maybe maybe this needs to turn into a, a 
larger experiment. Yeah. Somehow, some somehow you can't know what they are though. Neither of us can know what they are. The problem and, is that only leaves Patrick. Nice. With one figuring out who's what, and I guarantee you things are going to get switched around. <laughs> can, can, can you cook them, plate them? Yes. And not know it, which one is which? Not know which one's which. For sure. You might be able to tell by looking <laughs> at some of them. So, Mike, can we cut up some of it? So, here's what like, I was going to say. For that, because I... Just blindfold yourself. If they're not as charred on the outside as this, I would be able to tell by appearance. But we can blindfold me for, like, the actual taste test portion. Yeah. Just work. Yeah. Um, I am enjoying how much you're eating of that steak. It does my heart good to see that you're. <laughs> I normally eat like snacks through the day. Something. No snacks I keep, today. I keep cheese and lunch meat in my fridge and my and famous Vienna, Vienna sausages, sausages, of course. But I haven't, I haven't ate anything, so I'm just starving. Would you ever I'd eat probably, a? Sorry to interrupt. Would you ever eat a cold hot dog just by itself? Oh, yeah. It, is that not the same? I was, I was same trying to get thing. him yeah, to go like, oh, no, no that's, that's gross. Disgusting. No, it's, it's basically just bologna. I keep bologna in my in my fridge. It's just a different form factor, but logged bologna. I love it. Yeah. Okay. I, might, I might actually be really into it. Um, Well, you guys, we cut it out, but Austin leaned over to me and said, that's the best steak I've ever had. So <laughs> I did. Just, just so that you guys all know that that happened outside. And of regular podcasting, it, it could hours. be. It, I, I can say it could. You, it could be. You could be there, but it's it's the the weird charring and the flavor yeah. that brings that is just throwing me off. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, here's a piece of uh, st steak seasoning A. There's a piece of steak seasoning B. It was pretty good palate ability of yours to pick that up. What does that mean? Like to pick that up. Oh. And you described it fairly well with the just pre-charred golden brown s'more. I was blessed with a much better ability to taste than I than I was given to smell. Mm. I needed I needed uh my brother's nose today yeah, and something came one. up and um i was like i don't know it, it was his kind of area anyways and i'm like dylan go go check this out smell this see what you think but i can't smell for anything but i can taste fairly well no yeah. but dylan says he can't describe tastes well and he can't like tell you oh that has like whatever he just has it logged in his head yeah but, but his nose is ridiculous he's got a bloodhound somewhere mm -hmm. back in the family yeah i liked a better is that what we were saying yep okay. yep a's got the better overall taste which is also good because i didn't like the the texture of the seasoning with b now another thing that i didn't like that i did with these is i actually took all the ingredients and i put it in a really high powered blender and i just basically pulverized it and i didn't like what that did to it mm. so i've got more work. Well, I assume eventually I'll get to a point where I just let Excalibur play with the seasoning particle size and stuff, right? They would probably know better. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'll find a replacement for that. Um, we'll make sure that it's acceptable. Um, and then we'll send it on. I wonder if Excalibur would even be willing to bring that in if we did decide that's what we wanted. I don't know why not. Yeah. It's a food. It's still a food, it's still a food item. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like we're putting gasoline in it. 
Are you telling me to put gasoline in? No. Oh, okay. I was <laughs> no. unsure. I wasn't quite sure there. Okay. All right. All uh, right. A couple other things. Um, we did, we've reshot all of the B-roll for just straight how to make jerky, not how to make tender jerky, anything like that. It's just regular jerky. We're doing it three ways. Uh, we used a bunch of different slicing equipment. We used a slicer. We used the tenderizer with the jerky slicing blade inset. Um, then we also use just a regular knife and we use that old Victorinox like yeah. thing with the knife. That, uh -huh. I, I, it's the a precise good slice. It's a good idea. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Like it always tails off no matter what you do. Um, while I was slicing, so I put the meat in the freezer, but apparently not long enough because it was just not frozen as I was going to slice it. You know how you always tail? You always get a tail on fresh meat. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, as you're pushing the meat along across the blade of an actual slicer, like a meat slicer, towards the back end, the back portion of the meat will push back and it won't cut all the way to the end. It'll kind of just tail off. I was turning it every like two or three passes and that really helped with that. So that was a, a good and easy tip. Um, and then we did some in the smoker. We did some all the way in the oven and then we did some in the oven, took it out and finished it in a dehydrator. Oven took the longest. Um, but what came out of the oven, I actually preferred over what we went oven dehydrator on. Did you do the prop door method on the oven? So this is a convection, convection oven. Oh. So it's keeping the air going all the time. But I did do that just to like see it, like see what would happen. And uh, I, I'm fairly convinced the oven just gave up because I came in here at one point and there was just like no heat coming out of the oven. It just said door, door, door. So I think it's just like, no, I'm not doing okay. this. So, but like, you know, a non high tech oven. Yeah. Propping the door is the way to go. It'll allow airflow and it allows moisture to escape. So that's how you would want to do that. Cool. Um, couple other just like little things. Next week, I'm going to be in Minnesota uh get there monday go fishing monday night tuesday do some fishing and then fly back wednesday um either thursday or friday i'm going to be on the bur birds boods yeah birds booze and buds podcast uh with tyler webster um we're doing some sponsorship stuff with him uh so if you follow him on social media you'll start seeing some walton's equipment stuff come through from him um but i mean obviously the big news there is trophy musky on its way uh says so anything think, over 50 inches is a trophy musky i don't think the rest of us share the same level of confidence that you have i've seen your fishing ability oh, and you have God, have never beat me that so, is annoying that is annoying even when we fished in your own pond yeah well that pond has been it's actually better now <laughs> really yeah I don't know. Did I send you pictures from the other day? I feel like I you, sent you one, maybe. I don't remember. I know you t you you talked about it because you said you were you were at the pond and then you like switched and hopped to another pond. Yeah. So I don't. Between the two of us, we probably caught like 15, 20 fish somewhere in that that range. So yeah, they were they were biting again, which is good to see. We also took some of the big fish. That we caught from the other <laughs> pond. Well, because no, no, no. When we first moved in there, there was a young kid who lived on that. A young kid. He was in his 20s who bought the biggest house in the neighborhood because he did uh, hail damage repair. He took the business over from his father. And when they did that, they went mobile 
with it. So they'd go storm chasing, basically show up in a town a couple of days after a hail thing and say, Hey, we can come to your house and repair it there. So he just made tons of money. Anyways. So he and I would always talk and he'd complain and be like, yeah, I catch a lot of fish, but just not big ones. And I'm like, well, I've got big ones in here. I'm like feel free. Cause it, it is good to let like, you know, get some of your bigger fish out of your pond, let other ones grow. Um, but I think he overdid it to the point where I eventually had to talk with him. I'm like, Hey, don't steal any more fish. I'm not catching as many big fish in here anymore. But so I was just claiming them back. <clears throat> cool. Coming back. But yeah. So uh, one other thing I found pretty cool um, cleaning these, the jerky slicer and the tenderizer blades has always been an annoyance to me. Uh, one of the better tips I'd seen was to use like a dust broom, like the little handheld one, do that. And that works. But the smallest of the stuffer cleaning tubes works incredibly. Hmm. I mean, absolutely amazing. You just push it through there, run it through with some hot water going through. It gets them perfect. That's cool. Yeah. I was super excited about that. So I thought I would share. So other thing, when you were saying you're going to be gone next week, um, bad news. You're gone Wednesday. No podcast. I'm gone the following Wednesday. So no podcast. So I may have to do a solo huh. podcast just to keep us we on schedule. We could always do one on Thursday morning. Were you back Thursday? Yeah. Oh. Maybe we have to do it two Thursdays in a row. I don't know. I kind of like the idea of doing a podcast without you. So go ahead. Those. I don't think have it would fun. be very good. Have though. fun. Go it probably would. The only podcast we've ever thrown out was one I tried to do just by myself. Really? Yeah. We it was when we were a week ahead. Um. So like we record on Wednesday and it wouldn't be released till the following Friday. And I remember calling Patrick on the weekend after thinking about what I said. I'm like, just throw that out. I'm like, delete that. Let's never. It was like maudlin. It was almost sad. So no good. Yeah, I think I do have a problem. What's up? I think it was next week I was supposed to have somebody come in and oh for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're gonna have to talk when we're done. We'll figure out how we're gonna do it. But oh, uh, okay. So I have a stop on the way home, but I leave there at like six thirty. So it's six thirty. You driving or flying? Flying. Okay. Six thirty from uh, Minneapolis to DFW. I land there at nine thirty, and then I have an hour. Like, yeah, I could easily make it in for the podcast. Like, I'll be home probably around before noon. Okay. So I could pop in, just pop in, pop, do a podcast, and go back home. That sounds like a pretty good life. Is this like just the new work schedule? Oh, just I'm in. Flying all around the country, fishing, and then doing a podcast. All right. Uh, we've got another new processing plant. I New is in kind of quotations because this one's been open just about a year now. Um, it's Hatch Creek Butchery in Plains, Kansas. Uh, from their website, it says, we're Hatch, Hatch Creek Butchery. And we're a local butcher shop here in Plains, Kansas. We believe in quality cuts and excellent service, offering brisket, sirloin, ribs, shanks, and more. Now, they do custom beef. They do quarters, holes, and half beef shares. They offer on-site dry aging. Everything is vac-sealed. Uh, their testimonials were phenomenal, like really, really well done. So that is Hatch Creek Butchery in Plains, Kansas. If you're out there and you're looking for um, a place to buy some beef or 
get some custom cuts, go there. Uh, they are also opening or have already opened a retail shop uh, based on their social media. I'm assuming their retail shop is already opened, but uh, if you're in the area, check them out. Hatch Creek Butchery. All right, on to Meat Matters. Yep. Okay, before we even get there, at the very top of this, you will see I listed out. So I'll go to Bing or Google or whatever. I'll go to the news section. And I'll type in meat and I'll just start reading through it. On Bing, six out of the 10 meat, just the word meat news articles were about not meat. So fake plant-based or cultured meat. So meat related yeah, technically, but, but not meat. Not meat. Google was worse at seven out of 10. DuckDuckGo, two out of 10. So whatever this insane push is for fake cultured or whatever meat, DuckDuckGo is how you can avoid all of that. <laughs> Patrick laughs because he hates everything that's not Google. Well, I just feel like if you, you know, you type in New York Yankees and they, and you only Boston Red Sox come up, it's just like, that's a bad search engine. You know, what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> Every time I've tried to bing anything, it doesn't even work as a good verb either. Patrick did show me. He, who was the player? I think we talked about this last week. Oh, okay. But yeah, it was Anderson Verja. Yeah, different results. One, Bing said, no, he hasn't. Google said, yes, he has. I think it almost proves something bigger that there are parallel universes happening. <laughs> anyway, I, there's not enough time in this podcast. There is not enough that. time in this podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> but all right. Um, so to the first story, Tyson to move all corporate offices to Arkansas. So Tyson Foods announced on October 5th that the company plans to bring all of its corporate employees under one location at its world headquarters in Springdale, Arkansas. Currently, the meat producer has corporate locations in Chicago, Downers Grove, Illinois, and Dakota Dunes, South Dakota uh, for various parts of the business. And all I have to say to that is, man, I wish I had purchased some property in Springdale, Arkansas. Because mm -hmm. housing prices are about to go through the roof there. Yeah. That just, I mean, that would just suck to have to like be a part of a big company like that and just be told like, you want a job? All of you people in all these cities, you're moving to Springdale, Arkansas. They'll pay you know to relocate them though. Yeah, but still you have to uproot everything. I'm also like, I have no interest in going to live somewhere else. Um there are I, I other would, areas it, of the country are cool. No, it would absolutely crush me. I I I wouldn't survive. <laughs> you wouldn't a move survive. Like that. No, I wouldn't. To I, to Arkansas. We're not talking about moving to like New York City or LA. It's Northwest Arkansas too. So it's, it's the like, same thing as here. I have a hard enough time traveling to the west side of Wichita, <laughs> let alone to another city. So you are like a true homebody. Yeah. That's interesting. I often think of myself as one, but I mean I've lived all over the country. So maybe I'm not. I have no problems moving. Now, I don't want to move now. Like, I think I told you this at some point. My wife has switched jobs since we've been here. And like when she was getting ready to leave, we had the conversation like, okay, find something in Wichita or close by because I'm not moving. You know, yeah. we came here for your job. We're staying now because of mine. So yeah, eh, what can you do? I don't know. That's that's what travels for. Though. If, if you want to go somewhere, just travel. But it. I, so I guess kind of the 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 story. Like, what made Tyson like decide to do it? Springdale, Arkansas. Like, oh, that's where their there? headquarters already are. Yeah, but he, okay. But like, 
why is it there anyways? Like what makes oh. that a big draw oh. in the idea? No, I, it's probably just where it's, the company was when it started. Springdale, I looked it up. It's not that it, this answers your question, but it shows fourth largest city in Arkansas and it's already a huge um, industrial kind of town, like a foundation, like a bedrock okay. foundational for that region. So, so yeah, probably where it was. Um, I assume they're doing it for like cost saving. They're going to close those other locations. They won't need it. I mean, all these businesses are going to go through cycles like that. General Electric, for years and years and years and years, they had huge portions of their headquarters empty while they were renting out buildings in other areas of the state. It's like, well, how stupid is that? But neither here nor there. 70,000 people in the 2010 census. Pretty small little city. Very small. That's the fourth largest city in Arkansas? I think that's what, yeah, that's what it said. The only thing I know about Arkansas is they have a diamond place where you can go and dig for diamonds. That's literally it. The natural state. So 2020 census, 85,000. Tyson Foods at the time had 4,300 employees there. They're They're the biggest employer. George's, whatever George's is. Is number two. You ever heard of George's? No. Okay. Kind of feel like I have actually. Cargill is there with twelve hundred, so there must be something, something. meat elsewise meat related yeah. going on there. Or it could just be a rail intersection. Ooh, yeah. I mean, it could be that. That's what started Kansas City. So yeah, really could be that. But could be interesting. It's anytime one of the big four does something, it can send shockwaves. So we'll see what happens with that. Don't make my chicken prices go up anymore. Don't do it. Um, did I tell you I bought? So this is how weird my relationship with my wife is. I was looking for presents for her. She had her uh, birthday somewhat recently. And I you know, got her a few things. But I also bought her 80 pounds of chicken. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we have you know our uh, uh, Cisco thing. And so I was watching the price of chicken keep going, never comes below $2.99 anymore at all. So I looked on there, I could get uh, 40 pounds for like $2.40 something, or I get 80 pounds for $2.20 something. So I was like, ah, I'll just buy 80 pounds. And then I, uh, she was at work late one night and I came in here and, you know, they, for anyone who's never bought chicken breast from like a, a Cisco or a Cargill, they come together, mm-hmm. right? And they have like the rib meat and then, she doesn't like all the fat on it. So I sliced all that off and then they're super thick. So I sliced them all in half lengthwise and then vacuum packaged them for her. freaking pretty awesome. <laughs> to be honest. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Speaking, so yeah. Go ahead. So speaking of prices, I was looking at pork prices. Uh, pork butts are down to like $1.60 a pound. Yep. That made me happy because the... I want to say when we bought pork butts for Bratfest, it was like two forty a pound. Yeah, something so like that. They've come down a substantial amount in the last couple months here, but still, that's enough lower than chicken. I'm gonna have to keep my diet. Yeah, I can't get more, my, more heavy on pork than can't chicken. Can't get my wife to to try. She she'll eat beef now. I mean, almost any cut of steak I make, she'll at least have some of. Um, but no, pork is for whatever reason. She's not into it. I even explained. I'm like, no, no, no. You realize a pork tenderloin has less fat in it than a chicken breast. She doesn't care. No. Can't win them all. 
Um, all right. So technological characteristics of pre and post rigor debone beef mixtures from Holstein steers and quality attributes of cooked beef sausage. This is from NIH.gov and fairly mind numbing uh, to, to try and read. But basically, uh, so for those who don't know, pre rigor, um, Rigor is rigor mortis. So 90 something percent of all the meat you eat has gone through rigor mortis. So it's hung. It's allowed to go through that process. But some places like uh, Shemekas, do they still do it? I don't know specifically. Okay. So I don't want to say, but there is a, a place in Kansas City that used to do at least pre-rigor. Um, so pre-rigor processing requires a different formulation for your seasonings. I believe it has to have a higher salt content and a few other things. Um, so there are, you know, advantages, disadvantages of doing it. But the interesting part of this is the pH was greater in pre-rigor. However, this did not result in any change in post-cooking lost percentage. Generally, we think of pH and especially a higher pH as giving you more, uh, more yield, a more finished product. That's why we add cold phosphate to things. We are increasing the pH of the meat, which is going to increase the water holding capacity of the meat by creating more negatively charged ions. So the water is just going to hold to it much better. Um, but in their experiments, um, they found that there was no change in loss percentage in finished, um, finished cooking. It also had no effect on color, taste, or texture. Chewiness and saltiness were minimally higher in post-rigor. Protein solubility was higher in pre-rigor. But again, since cooking losses were the same, I, I don't even think that matters. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, one of, the, yeah, one of the big things in doing the pre-rigor is basically keeping more water in it more yield in your product so if it doesn't if it doesn't do it cook, part. but it may not they may not care though for the people that are going to do that because they're selling a fresh product yeah and so then they get to sell more to it but and they don't have to have the space to hold it's just kill it and start processing yeah, yeah. so that it, is an advantage as well if there was something that was like used more in the beef industry that would be like a pretty crazy change because there's you couldn't do it why not? So you're, I mean, it's, I, I could be wrong here, but after you process it, if you just cut it into like ribeyes and vacuum seal it, isn't that still going to go through the process of rigor? I mean, there's not a way to stop it. They're making like finished product out of this. They're not like cryo stuff. Yeah, we got to tread carefully here because neither one now. of us know. Obviously, we'll we'll talk to Brett and Dylan, and yeah. we'll we'll report back on on what would happen there. Um, you know how we've been talking about having a um, farmer on. Mm -hmm. Your father offered, possibly offered, a family member of yours. Okay, he talked to you about mm -hmm. it. Okay, yep, cool. So we might be be getting a farmer on, so we can talk about some of the things we always say we should have a farmer on for this. So that'll be good. So. I walked in and I heard cryogenically. You're like a child like who wanders into a movie theater. <laughs> Walter, you're like a child. Um, 
And so uh, it's just like, so, so like Walt Disney, he's frozen, right? Or <laughs> Seriously? Well, is it like, yeah, his head or brain or something like that's frozen. Yeah. Do you not know that? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, if not him, there's no, definitely other famous people. Ted Williams. Ted Williams. That's the guy that's like confirmed. Well, uh-huh. the huge controversy with his family and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But I'm sitting here thinking like, are they vac bagged? <laughs> no. So well, they're cryogenically they, frozen. So way, way different freeze process. So think about... <laughs> When we talk about freezing something, we want it to get as cold as possible, as quick as possible, and stay at that temperature, right? The reason we're doing that is because freezing expands water, right? That's what allows ice to stay on top because it freezes and pushes out, okay? When it's in your cells and freezes, it will rupture cells. That's why frozen meat that's previously been frozen is never going to be quite as good. I mean, it would be good, but never quite as good. So with cryogenic freezing, what they're trying to do is replace like the liquid in your body that will expand with something that won't expand and then get it super, super cold. But you're basically like in a tank. Ah, so they're, so are they actually replacing the liquid inside of you with something else? Yeah. Okay. Oof. Good luck with that, guys. Let me yeah, know. There's, you're never coming back from that. I mean, the whole thing is such a fad. nonsense. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a death fad. Nonsense. Right. Now, if we could get the greatest natural hitter of all time back, I might start watching baseball again. What are you talking about? Pete Rose is still alive. Oh, no, uh, no, 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 no. Ted Williams, sir. <laughs> Ted Williams. Oh, like either of us were alive to watch it. Baseball annoys me at times. I was trying to watch football the other day, and they're interrupting football to show the <laughs> Aaron the, Judge, yeah, the the oh, guy that's God, chasing the just the American League home run record. I I'm uh, we're getting sidetracked. I'm of the personal belief that I don't one I don't care about American National. It's like who who's got the record overall and Barry Bonds. I don't care <laughs> if he did roids, if he did whatever. He's the king. Yeah, and people refuse to recognize no, it, agree. but they leave it in the record books. And I'm like, I don't, I don't care about this, especially when I'm trying to watch my football game. Especially then, I'm but also, angry. no, no, no. Especially, never interrupt a football game for anything. Did they learn nothing from the Heidi game? Yeah. Does anyone get that? Do you get that reference? Mm-hmm. Okay. They, yeah, they like, they cut to Heidi. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, let's not act like the pitchers weren't juiced up too. It wasn't, you know, Roger Clemens was out there throwing. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's doing all. And then foreign substances and stuff. Sure. And, yeah. That, that was like baseball's Wild West days where oh, it was yeah. just like, ba- yeah, cream and clear. Yeah, that sounds fine. Go ahead and do it. All right. Sorry. Back on point. Uh, cooking meat. Is it done? This is an article from the USDA. Uh, a meal preparation study from the U.S. Department of Agriculture's USDA Food Safety Inspection Service, FSIS, Revealed that only 55% of people use a food thermometer to verify that their food is safe to consume, despite 88% (laughs) of participants reporting that they own a thermometer. Instead, participants in the study relied on visual cues such as color, firmness, and time. But the visual cues are not enough to prevent foodborne illness. So yes, but in the same article, they destroy all their credibility by saying you have to cook beef to 145 degrees. (laughs) Just no. I'm well, not doing that. I will never do that. And you're wrong for stating it. To, I mean, to guarantee the food safety of it, yes. No. <laughs> yeah. You're no. one of these looks people. It's not you? true. You have to get the outside of it hot enough to kill everything. You could hit it with a flame torch, kill everything on the outside, go ahead, cut right into it. You're fine. As long as you get the outside of the food hot enough, outside of the whole muscle cut hot enough, you're fine. And you don't even have to cook it at all, <laughs> yeah. as I've proven. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it still requires some, some assumptions to be made 
that it was handled and treated and cared for in, in, in the 100% correct process. If you have a whole custom, wow, I can't talk, a whole muscle cut of meat and you had anything that was shoved or poked through it, mm-hmm. it was run through a tenderizer for one, um, or if even someone just stabbed a knife through it and now there's something outside that's inside. I mean, most things shouldn't be that way, but you're assuming that everything was handled exactly perfectly the way it was supposed Fair to. Fair point. And so I think that's why you look at it that way. Now, will I still cook everything to 145? No. I, I'm gonna I I'm gonna cook a steak to like 130, 135 on if I'm doing like a reverse sear and then I'm gonna sear it and it goes up. I may get to 145. I cook my steak more than you do, but I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I blacked out there. What happens? You're 130 and then you go to sear it? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. It, it, my final temp is going to end up like 140, 145, somewhere in there. I'm like a 108 guy. I don't know. 113? What do you. <laughs> Why? Because it's better that way. It's not. Yeah, it is. What's your final cook you're looking for? He wants 141, 145. Which is going to yield a what? Medium, medium well. No, not medium well. <laughs> well medium, isn't it gonna medium for medium eight wells degrees. It was five-ish, depending Me, on thickness. Medium wells in the one fifties. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Like still- rare is one twenty. Uh, medium rare would be like one thirty. Medium well is going to be like one forty. I wonder if that's regional because I've ordered rare steaks in New York and had them like blue. Which I like, I you know, it's not my favorite, but I wasn't going to send it back. I'm like, hey, all right. Have you ever noticed the the lighting in the restaurant matters on the what you assume the steak to look like? Okay, I'll, I'll dive into it. So, like when I'm at a restaurant, cut into a steak, sometimes it even looks a touch more rare because we'd have this problem where my mom, who you know, my parents, we talked before sure. this, they're more of a well done crowd, but right. they're, they're old and from Arkansas. We'll give them that one. But um, so but but. She'll be, oh, it's, that's this. And I go, hold on. And I'll like run outside. You know, I forget where we were at. This is probably years ago, maybe even back at our own house. And I go, look at that. I go, it's a lot more done than you're giving it credit for. Okay. It's just, so lighting matters sometimes sure. on, on the cut of a steak. Interesting take. Um, while it's still fresh in my mind, uh, I need you to tell me again, whoever the person was who won your favorite comment of the live stream. I don't know his name. Do you I'm, remember his username? No. Yeah, I can look back. So we'll I feel like it. if it helps you, I feel like there's I feel like there's a G in it. Maybe everything else has been sent out, but that one. <laughs> well, we'll definitely figure that out. All right, he's been reading as we've been talking. So according to a place called Steak University, so uh, they they Clearly have to know what they're talk. talking about. Um, from mychicagosteak.com, uh, a blue steak gets cooked to about 108 degrees. A rare steak is 115 to 120. Okay. Medium rare is 125. Medium's 135. Medium well, uh, like 155. Oh, I don't wow. know. I don't get the jump there, but it, it talks about like 155, but also talks about 145. But it says the temperature gets to 155. I think they get to 155 and serve it at like 145. That let it cool down. Yeah. Yeah. We'll- and then well done 155 and above, but. Yeah, my my opinion, medium is that one thirty five to one forty five. Do you hold your steaks? No, you no. eat them right off the grill. Yeah. Can I talk you out of that at least? Why? Because it does actually need time to reabsorb the juice. 
Like the juice will reabsorb into the actual meat and give you that juiciness. Otherwise, when you cut into it, like a lot of the juice will leak right out of it. So if you let it sit for like five minutes, it'll actually reabsorb that juice and stay. I'll try it. Okay. But also that juice is is really good for your your mashed potatoes on the side. Ah, disgusting. Nice. Or I feel very personally attacked by that. Or like a a biscuit or a roll or uh, yes. something. If you have some bread, that's excellent. Some good <laughs> Italian bread. I love that. Okay. So I whatever. I just found that uh interesting. I don't remember what we started on there. Uh cooking temperatures to Oh, yeah. 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 They're done. Uh, okay, Arkansas, dominating this podcast today, uh, meat inspection program earns federal approval. So we're not going to go into this much at all, but this is the same thing that Oregon was doing. Do you remember we talked about that? You had to explain to me, like, no, this is just for in-state sales. Mm -hmm. And you said that it was going to be, like, this probably has a chance of spreading. So here's another state already doing it. It's the same thing. It's to increase speed of which they can prepare meat for sales within the state yeah but they can't go they can't go out of state yeah can't go out of state right but that's i mean it's the mm -hmm. exact same thing with oregon so interesting a that you were right that it was going to go to more states and i mean i don't i don't really know what i think of arkansas i think i think mostly of hillbillies is there a lot of meat down there i don't know i mean if, if patrick Cargill and Tyson both yeah, have a decent presence. Be. There's got to right. be a lot of meat. What's it? What in Arkansas? Yeah, I've only gone a handful of times. Yeah, okay, useless to us. Um, there's a a new biltong place in Minnesota called like uh, Zambezi biltong. Uh, just it's again, we're not going to go into it deeply, but I did order some of their product, and we'll have it in here to to try because I. I like biltong. I'm interested in the entire thing. I eventually want to make it. What I think I like about it more is they cure, like dry age the whole muscle and then slice it up. I just find that really interesting. And obviously it is a more like old school, traditional way to do it. So yeah, we're going to have some in here. And these are like people from Zimbabwe who came over, didn't like the fact that they couldn't get uh, Somebody calls, you got to answer it live on air. Uh, I'll call Dylan back. Oh, it was just him? <laughs> yeah. Nah, that's no fun. Uh, do I, you want me to call him back? No. Oh, okay. Uh, and they got together and started making it and just like giving it to each other. Then they started selling it around their neighborhood. And then they're like, hey, wait, we have an actual business here and open their own like legitimate business doing. It. I thought that was a pretty cool little thing. It says uh, an interesting stat in here. Um, it talks about the total meat snacks market, which one you have always given me crap for calling it meat snacks. I don't like that term. Uh, no, that's, that's the official <sighs> term. Uh, but the meat snack, meat snacks market, I say is only $2 billion. Really? It's like, I mean, that's a large number, but still it's not very much. That's really not. Mm -hmm. That so, can't be right. That that's only I think including things that are like jerky, snack sticks, summer sausage, basically the things that are sold in a convenience store type of deal. Not going to be anything else that you're going to get special from your your local butcher type of deal. But it says meat snacks market size 2022 estimated 10.1 billion dollars. No, 
I would trust that number. That number seems more right. Yeah. And it says by 2032, it's estimated to be 21.3 billion. That seems more reasonable to me. Uh, Moving on. Oh, I got something. Go ahead. I uh, was watching one of those um, quick vids the other day. I don't like to say the uh, application to give it a shout out, but um, guy at Walmart was looking at ground beef tubes. You get a 10 pound one for like 28, 29 bucks, or you get the five pound for $11. So either some mismarking there or just, you know, I'm sure they'll fix that immediately. If not, then raise the price on everybody. Or it's one is 90, 10 and one is 73, 27. So the more fat that's in it, the less expensive it's going to be. I, I see the one he's talking about. It's 278 a pound and it's 73.27. Okay. I don't see the other one. But either way, I feel like that's cheap though. That is not expensive. Um, people on TikTok lie though. Mm. So yeah. Oh, yeah. To keep that in mind. Well, he didn't say a word. So he didn't say it worked. Well, he didn't say a word. He just fil- oh, filmed he was just it. Showing, okay. Yeah. So he was actually filming it. Hmm. Well, how did I watch? What did <laughs> I don't know? I thought maybe he was talking. He's filming his and, diary, and I'm reading yes. it. Yeah, gotcha. No, I don't. Most of those I actually don't. Are. Actually, kind of like you, we have this in common where it's like if it is a video, we probably miss the audio because we're just looking at it half the time. So, anyways, yeah. All right. Uh, why Global Citizens' massive New York City fest went meat-free for the first time? Um, I could have told you that there was not going to be any meat there as soon as you said global, global. citizen. As soon <laughs> yeah. as you said that, I've been like, yeah, that's a... So they've done it for 10 years now, and they're finally, in their words, going meat-free for, I don't know, equity? I tried to read the article. It's just a, full of a bunch what, of nonsense What's a global words, citizen? Right? Nothing. It is nothing. The, there is I, no such thing. Until they do not give a global birth certificate, a global passport. There are no none we of need, those things. You know what would really unify us? A whole nother earth just popped up. Yes. And we'd be like, this earth is the one that and then we'd get all the camaraderie going, like because we're all on the same team yep. finally, because there's an enemy. You yeah. Know? Reagan said it. Said the how did he say it? The one thing that would unite all of humanity would be uh aliens. He said this in like a speech to the public like global might have been near the end where things weren't going so well in his head but so do we need to like give more money to elon musk so we can like <laughs> colonize mars and then we have two competing worlds to- hey it could work afc nfc man that's where it starts you know <laughs> i'm home team i'm staying i'm not going anywhere I'm not going anywhere i said i didn't want to leave wichita yeah so, <laughs> so austin's definitely not leaving earth and then we'll just merge him later so um, all right. So less talk of recession raises optimism for meat. This is from Ag Update. A super short article it says a weaker U.S. dollar and gain Monday and Tuesday morning could be positive for beef and pork producers as there's less talk this week about recession, says Chris Lehner of ADM Investor Services. Strength in the stock market and a sharp break in the U.S. dollar were factors to help support the market early along of along of talk of tightening supply. Uh, according to the High Tower report, so could be seeing good markets for our, our beef and pork producers. Personal opinion on the matter: just because there's less talk of a recession, yeah. doesn't mean that we're not in a recession. And it's all just speculative. Like, yes, we are. We have had like multiple quarters, multiple of- quarters of reduced 
growth and output. And so we're in a recession, but so much of it just comes down to what do people want to feel like? Are you going to wake up in the morning and, and put a smile on your face and have a good day? Or are you going to wake up in the morning and just have the woe is me attitude? Yep. And I think, yeah, I think that affects a lot of things out there that it's just people have a bad attitude about things. And when you have a bad attitude about it, bad things happen. Stay positive, people. Stay positive. Yeah. I mean, that that is fairly true. Um, I'm definitely a spiraler. Like something <laughs> bad. I'll have to focus, focus, focus on the bad. Um, TikTok star, the meat guy, is using his platform to promote ethically raised beef. Um, so I, I even forget his name. I think it literally was just the meat guy, Max the meat guy. Uh, so it's ethically raised beef, silver fern meats out of New Zealand. It's now in the U.S. So their whole thing is they have zero uh, net carbon. How did it get to the U.S.? Do you think yeah. they put it on tall ships with sails and it just floated over here? Probably. Probably. Know, just, they, they must have been, yeah, right? Really big wind sails. Uh-huh. Had to have been. Well, it's possible. Columbus did it. Yeah, right? It can be done. No, I don't think any... He went from east to west. Yeah. Can you go from west to east? I don't know. <laughs> it's way harder. <laughs> so yeah, no, not not net zero. Now I am going to try and find some of this because um, I am interested to see what the the taste is like. And the advertising for the uh, silver fern meats, it was pretty interesting. Like one of them was him just literally calling a farmer who raises uh, cows for him and like asking about the cows, like how they're treated, what they're fed, all that. So it's pretty, pretty interesting marketing. But yeah, no. Sorry, if you're coming from New Zealand to the U.S. market, you are not zero carbon emissions. Hate to break it to you. All right. I'm trying not, I'm, I'm trying to decide how I want to attack this. Yeah, you like went quiet and you're just staring at me. Yeah. You got me concerned. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's no reason to be concerned. It's just... When I wrote this, I was very annoyed and feeling very <laughs> ranty, but I'm in a much better mood now. So I'm trying to figure out if I want to try and get back to that place of rage. You, you remember <laughs> the, the the words I spoke like two minutes ago about no. stay positive? I remember. And you were talking about you spiraling. Yeah, no, you were definitely in a spiral moment there, but you should probably stay positive. Doesn't sound familiar. I don't think we've talked about this before. Um, Plant-based meat could be facing some big challenges. This is from Tasting Table. Um, so first, before we get to that, JBS is closing uh, Plantera, which is their plant-based meat company. And Kellogg is looking to sell Morningstar Farms. Now, you'll see there's a little note over here. I've eaten Morningstar Farms Grillers Crumbles because my wife likes them for like a long time. She also likes their fake bacon, which legitimately has the texture of cardboard. I don't know how she eats it. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, this sounds like an ad for Morningstar. It's and then ridiculous. You just <laughs> it has the texture of cardboard. But Morningstar Farms. I never really thought about that name at all, but what else is Morningstar? No? No. I got nothing. Lucifer? Oh, dude. The Morningstar? Oh, Seriously? Your, uh -huh. Yeah, it's a lyric and some songs I listen to. <laughs> it's metal music based, guys. It's not. Oh, like you it. learned that reading the Bible? No, metal music. No, no. It's, no, no. it's, it's the band goes. So I never really thought of that before. <laughs> Obviously, it means nothing, but it's just interesting. Um, all right. So from this article, 
I thought you were going to say the KU player, Brady Morningstar, his last name. But No. Nope. Uh, first line, there's no question that plant-based meat is sustainable and better for the environment than traditional animal-sourced meat. Um, yes, there definitely is questions to both of those statements. You cannot just come out and declare things and have them be true. Uh, I have a, a article from the New York Times stating that they're not sure it's better for the environment. From uh, this article, and again, from the New York Times, it's plant-based food companies face critics, environmental advocates. One investor tracking firm gives Beyond Meat a zero when it comes to sustainability measures. Another rates it as a severe risk, putting it on par with beef and pork producing giants like JBS and Tyson. We don't feel we have sufficient information to say Beyond Meat is fundamentally different from JBS, said Roxana Dobre, a manager of consumer goods research at Sustainalytics, a firm that rates the sustainability of companies based on their environmental, social, and corporate governance impact. First of all, why is social in there? What are you doing? Like the whole GSE or whatever it's called, right? GSE score. Uh, it, it's, oh, that's what it is. Sustainable social GS. No, I don't know what the e is. Um, like a lot of these big companies have these ratings like GSE ratings and it rates like how they affect social issues. Take all of these businesses out of all of this. Yeah. It's nonsense. I don't care about Kraft Foods' stance on anything, whether it's my the same stance I have or the opposing one. I don't care. I don't want them to have an opinion on that. I want them to make delicious mac and cheese. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, they could make a few other food products well too besides just sure cheese, but, but what i want them to do is make good food products not tell me about how they feel about the amazon like that is yeah. not their job i hate when they do that corporations as people is one of the worst things we've done in i don't even know how long probably since the department of education was formed uh, it's one of those things that it can uh it can have some good it can also have some bad no and we just see a lot of the bad. It, it can't have good because for you, for it to be good to you, it's bad to somebody else. So it's a net negative to somebody yeah. no matter what. All right. If they came out and supported one of your pet, not pet is the wrong word, something that was important to you. It's just going to anger somebody who's on the other side of that issue. If they just shut up about it, not talk about it, we're fine. Yeah, I think some of it's some of it depends on how it's how it's how it's demonstrated by the company, though. Some of it is the company can still do things, and it doesn't necessarily have a negative effect on somebody else. But when they push it the way that they do, then it does. Explain, like, give me an example of what you think they could do where it's not gonna. Like, are you talking about like how we support? Uh, uh, passing on outdoor mentors. I mean, sure, that's a good. That's example. totally different, though. How? Like, because we're not coming out and making a statement about that. We're just know, trying to help them. Yeah, by what by what we do with outdoor mentors, like we are taking a stance saying more kids should get outdoors, go hunting, enjoy things in nature. Um, like, it's not a. It's we're not taking a the opposite stance by any means and saying 
kids shouldn't be outside and, and shouldn't go hunting. Like it is a, we, we're doing it differently. We're not like when we, yeah, when we support outdoor mentors, we are saying kids should get outside and go hunting. Someone out there doesn't like it, but we're not going about telling people like you and your kid need to go outside and go hunting. We do it in a way that is supportive of them and we are taking a stance and we're helping someone, but we're not forcing other people or pushing that on them. Because there's a lot of people out there that don't like hunting and they don't like that we support outdoor mentors. But if they take offense to it, that's on them. We're not actually causing them harm. If they feel like they are, you can't change what somebody's feelings are. But there's actual, there's no actual harm being done. That's how I look at it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think you broke my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I think you broke my brain there, yeah. Because I was even going to say, War, you're never going to see us come out uh, like on social media. And not that anyone's for fur nowadays, nowadays, but like, you know, push back against something that Peter does and be like, no, fur is good. But like you could easily infer through a bunch of things that we've posted that like that's the side we're on. All right. Well, now I don't want to talk about any more of this article. It's yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's okay for, for corporations to take a stance on something. It's just how they demonstrate that to other people. You can do it in an, in an offensive way and you can do it in a way that is just, I don't even know what to say. Just chill. It's probably a better word. But. Yeah, well, because we don't come out and do a press release saying, hey, we are now, you know, supporting outdoor. We just do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We don't do it for the glory. We don't do it for I do. the recognition. Oh, I do uh, that too. Oh, I, <laughs> I don't. Half, like half the time when I like give and donate to different organizations, I don't tell anyone do anything i don't want any i don't want anything there like right. i i would be content if we did stuff for outdoor mentors and we didn't get recognized at all through it because it's not about that recognition it's about just doing being helpful doing something for someone else and trying to win a gun okay that that's part, obvious that, i mean that's that's the fun part yes. to it but yeah that is the majority of my spending to these organizations is trying to win a gun i gotta film myself next time i give a homeless guy money you know <laughs> i just keep forgetting all the other times well no, one time i was like i just got paid great mood i was like oh man looks super hot day guy on a bike in front of a quick trip trying to find shade and i was like oh i go i got this extra 20 you know how you have cash it's like this is good as spent as soon yeah. as it's off my card so right. i was like you know what he might be able to use it he didn't even see me give it to him and then he kept, well, then he was kind of just looking around. I go, oh, that guy's high on methamphetamine. So I just, <laughs> <laughs> but I did want to go back and then take a $20 bill. Yeah, and I was like, oh, man. So he might have actually saw it. But could have to, been to my perception, yeah, he was kind of spaced out. No, no acknowledgement. <laughs> um, all right. But there are some other things other than just the ranting about corporations and messaging. Um, by some estimates, the agriculture industry produces a third of the world's greenhouse gases linked to human activity. Uh, it's a primary driver of deforestation and uses as much as 70% of the world's fresh water supply. So this is talking about how the number one ingredient in almost all of these is soy. And 
growing soybeans is fairly water intensive. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's fairly water intensive. So, I mean, talking about it being sustainable, that's not necessarily true. I, yeah, I wonder, I don't know. I wonder how some of that works because like soybeans, I'm sure some places you have to irrigate them, but like there's, unless it's like corn where there's like 30 different types of corn and it's not all the corn that ends up in, in the grocery store. Right type of deal but like there's soybeans that are planted around here i drive by oh, yeah. several soybean fields <laughs> on my way to work every day um and they're not they're not irrigated no they don't, not that i can tell don't take any other water other than rainwater unless that water is used when they're turned into process another food something. Yeah. yeah but those fields also could be irrigated through like just not whatever you call it turning no no, no. Oh, okay mm -hmm. um both Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods have commissioned studies by academics or third parties that compare how their plant-based burgers or sausages stack up to beef or pork products. 2008 study by researchers at the University of Michigan concluded that a quarter pounder Beyond Burger generated 90% less greenhouse gas emissions than its beef burger equivalent. So that's interesting, but the fact that Beyond Meat meat and impossible commissioned the study yeah i mean there used to be doctors would tell you should smoke camels to pregnant women to keep the baby weight down like yeah i i would i would not trust that as much as i would uh the roxana dobre or whoever uh -huh. that was with sustainalytics like someone who doesn't have skin in the game their goal is to just provide information to consumers yep. and they said that they don't really basically uh see a big difference there or they don't have sufficient information to, to say be able to tell them the different, different. Yep. yeah so yeah, plus also we should talk about the fact that a beef uh, order a steak it has one ingredient these things have tons that's still i know we've talked about that before but it blows my mind because i feel like the same people that are in the market for plant-based meats are the same type of consumer that wants a clean label yep. and it's total total opposites did I tell you a couple months ago I talked to uh, a mom of two? Does she have two kids or three? Did you talk to my wife? No, <laughs> about uh, clean label because we were talking oh, about no yeah. nitrites. And I was like, yeah. and she's like, yeah, I know it doesn't make sense. She's like, I just want it. I'm like, all right. Like, you know, you're changing the industry because of this and making everything more expensive, uh -huh. right? But nope, nope. Okay, real quick, um, and we will talk about this again uh, on a future podcast after I've had a chance to use it. But funny story that involves a couple of people that we deal with. Um, I get a call one day randomly from a California number. I'm like, I don't know anybody in California. But it said like Sam Blue on it or something. I'm like, that's an interesting name. So I was just like, whatever, check it out. Answer the phone call, and it's this guy who want, is thinking about advertising with Ron Shera. Um, and Mark gave him my number as like a, hey, you can talk to him about what we do for them. So he's got this product, it's called Ready Rest. So it is effectively a sling of really high quality material, feel that. Mm -hmm. And then on it is a shelf of uh, aluminum, aircraft aluminum oh, that's like powder coated for a non-slip uh, grip. Right? I figured it was plastic, but nope. yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. So it goes up and over your shoulder and sits down by your hip. You can adjust it to any height and it works on either hips and you put your shotgun on it. So it's a little shelf for your shotgun, right? 
awesome idea. And I 100% am adding this to my kit out. With this and my Chief Upland vest, I am going to be like set. Be looking smooth. Uh, you're not coming for the governor's hunt? No, probably no. not. Okay. All right. Well, your dad and I will look smooth then. Um, but so we, we got started talking and we were talking about return on investment for advertising. And I was talking to him about Haibu. I'm like, hey, just, just so you know, you know, there's this company out here. And he said, he's like, I've been denied every time I've tried to create a Google AdSense account because mm -hmm. what I have to do has to deal with guns. Yeah, he like, may have an issue there. But you're not like a gun manufacturer. You're not selling guns. You're not even selling ammo. You're selling something that makes guns more safe. Like if anything, that they should be supporting that. Because, you know, you're walking around. If you have an over-under, a lot of times you'll walk around with it broken. But a lot of people won't even do that. And gun accidents happen. When we were out at the governor's hunt last the last time we went, there was an act. Now, it was a dog that got shot, but still, I mean, it's a terrible thing. Something like this can actually help avoid that. Why they would want to prevent him from being able to advertise that on their service, I have no idea. And I even reached out to Brent to get his opinion on it. And he responded, as he always does, incredibly Super long, but yeah. like really well. Yeah. Thought out. I think he understands me. And he's like, no, this kid needs things spelled out for <laughs> this guy. I'm not a kid anymore. He needs things spelled out for him. So he explained, he's like, yeah, you're to, cause I included Sam on the email. Um, he's like, you're gonna struggle. You probably, I've never seen it get approved, but, uh, this company is called ready rest. Um, just the word ready rest all in one. Uh, but it says it is, um, when it said it somewhere, Aircraft aluminum stock with non-slip finish, fully adjustable for right or left hand, comfortable all day, ready in an instant. Super simple. Seems like a really cool product. I'm looking forward to trying it out in the field. But it's mine. It's not yours. I see you looking at it. No, that's fine. I see you looking at it. Not to take the, all the thunder from it, but I think Chief Upland had something that you could do kind of a similar thing. Oh, did I, thought, they? I thought he talked about having like a stock rest or something. That is, I would probably, my first thought would be I'd rather have that with my vest because then the weight is not on the vest itself. Yeah. Now that vest did such a good job not riding on your shoulders that it might not matter. Yeah. But I'd always rather have two things. Yeah. I like, I, I love things. that idea though, because yeah, half the time when you're out hunting, if, I mean, if, Unless you're you're luckier than I am, and you can go out and limit limit out in an hour or two, but normally it's an all day affair. <laughs> and by the time you get to the end of the day, I mean you're just yeah you're tired of carrying your gun. You can have it sit there because um, I'll, I'll try to like rest it on my hip mm -hmm. or something. Doesn't and it just doesn't do the yeah. same. That that'll actually hold it in better. And yeah, make that it. is the only advantage to my little over under is it is super light. I mm -hmm. mean incredibly light. Yeah, but, but we I, all know you need more than I two shots. I need more than two shots. I proved that. <laughs> Prove that with your sister. God, that was bad. That sounds bad. Oh, no. Let, <laughs> let me explain. Allie and I were in a field hunting. Uh, I One was coming like right over me, pheasant. I saw her. She was a little ways off and she started draw on it. I was like, no, I got it. I got it. Two shots. It flew literally directly over my head. Nope. Missed them with both. Rough. 
Yeah, not good. Saw saw another video recently where a guy was shooting. It looked like just in his front yard or something at a pheasant or bird of some sort, duck, whatever. And he uh, he goes, hold on, I got it. And he shoots it. Comes right. He goes, hold on. Comes right toward. He catches, catches a bear. It? And yeah, dude. Have you ever so seen? Uh, who is it? I know the guy's name. I'm not going to think of it right now. Catches the dove as it's just flying by. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. 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 Just don't, but that that one's not even shot. He just snagged it out of yeah, the air. Yeah, that one was just that's and insane. Beautifully shot too. Like I remember, yes. like it's so cinematic. Yeah. yeah, love that. Sometimes I feel bad. Like I haven't done that, but like you, you hit a bird. It like hits their wing, it drops them. They get to the ground. They're like fully alert, and you pick them up, and you're like, sorry. You look you them in the eyes and say, sorry. <laughs> you pop the head or you twist it. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, Spin man. it. I'd rather shoot a bird. him. Yeah. yeah, of course. It's, but a, it's, it's a, a bird. It's though. not even real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's it going to fly to space next? Did it pa- They're did all it, fake. Did it power down? Did it, <laughs> like, did it decommission? It's like Die Robot out. Chicken. It's the beginning of Robot Chicken. <laughs> all right. We got anything else? That's all I got. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll uh, hopefully we'll have both of us for next week. We'll figure out something. Figure out something. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) That's how we're ending. Love it. Thanks for checking out the Meat Jistics podcast. To shop everything but the meat, head on over to Waltons.com. To get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community at MeatJistics.com. Walton's, everything but the meat.